the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One of the criteria that was used for determining which books were in the canon, our New Testament, was whether they came directly from an apostle or if they bore apostolic blessing. The books that we have in the New Testament is the authentic teaching of the apostles concerning Christ Jesus. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Our pastor teacher, uh, Leighton Sheely, is going to take a break from the series we've been in and instead look today at Acts chapter 2 and talk specifically about how we spend our time, what's important to us, and what are we emphasizing, especially at this time of year, and what do we use as our guideline in our decision-making. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you've joined us for this Thursday edition of our broadcast. We have been going through a series on doctrine in which we've been learning about the doctrines of the Christian faith, and it's a great series, but I wanted to take a little break from it this week because we're in September, and September is a new season. In fact, it's really a new year. Now, when we think in terms of new year, we think in terms of January because that's the beginning of a calendar year, but Really, September is more of a new year to many people than January is because it's a time of setting new patterns and a new normal and so forth. As people come back from vacation, the kids get in school, uh, work ramps up, getting ready for the holidays before us, and so forth. And so this is a time when patterns change. Now, we can either be passive and let the patterns settle wherever they settle, or we can be proactive and intentional and design and influence these patterns so that our life uh, brings honor and glory to God. And uh, so what I want to encourage us today is to, today or this week, take control of our calendar and set some really good patterns for the days, the weeks, and the months to come to establish a new normal that is going to bring honor and glory to God. Now, we're in Acts chapter 2, and the passage that we're going to read begins at verse 42. This took place after the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 new believers came into the church. And this is what the Scriptures record in Acts 2.42 and following. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this passage here describes the early church, the daily activities of the early church, and it it provides for us a model Now, that doesn't mean that this church was perfect, because there's never been a perfect church. You see, every church is made up of people. There are no perfect people, therefore there can't be any perfect churches. And if you keep reading the book of Acts, you find out there were hypocrites in it, there was doctrinal error, there were sinful humans and so forth. But this passage describes the behavior of those 
early first Christian, uh, first century Christians, and it is, it is an example for us. Now, the key verse here is verse 42, which reads, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So all the believers devoted themselves to four things. Devoted themselves, devoted. Uh, the word devoted is used in the English Standard Version, the New Living Translation, and the 1984 edition of the New International Version. If you find it in the Amplified, you'll, it'll read persevered. If you look in the King James uh, Version, it'll say continued steadfastly. They devoted themselves to four things. The word devote means to have a strong love or loyalty for something or someone. They had a strong love or loyalty for four things. They set aside every other distraction to focus on and be devoted to these four things. What four things? The apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and prayer. These were the four things the early believers found essential to living, and 2,000 years later, they are the essential things for believers today as well. These things need to be part of our daily lives. We need to be identified as being characteristic of our life. These are characteristics that identify a Spirit-filled church. Now, let's look at each of them briefly. First, it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. What the author, Luke, is telling us is that this was a studying church. This was a learning church. You know, he could have used a number of descriptions uh, to describe the church. He could have talked about how joyful they were. He could, have, he could have talked about how it was growing, and all of those things are true. But the first thing that he focuses on is that this is a teaching church. In spite of the fact that not too long previous they had had this miraculous experience on the day of Pentecost that may have inclined the people to focus on experiences, the disciples focused first on teaching and on learning. You know, there's always a temptation for believers to look back. Those Early believers might have looked back on that day of Pentecost when that, that, that stuff happened that's described for us in Acts chapter 2, and they might have said, Lord, you know, can we have something miraculous like that happen again? Or they might have just been focusing on what had been. But these folks weren't reveling in what had been. They weren't reveling in experience. They were reveling in the Word of God. Now, they had an advantage as first century believers because they could hear the teaching of the apostles personally because the apostles were still alive. And teaching and prayer were the the two primary focuses for the apostles. In fact, they were so important that when the business of the church, like the distribution of food, was in conflict, the apostles delegated the authority and responsibility for that activity to those seven wonderful men that are recorded for us in Acts chapter 7 so that they could focus on prayer and teaching. And the apostles wanted to make sure that succeeding generations of church leaders also had that same focus. The aging apostle Paul wrote to a young church leader named Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, to, to preaching and to teaching. Now, the apostles have since gone on to their reward, and so uh, we get the benefit of the apostles' teaching in the New Testament. 
one of the criteria that was used for determining which books were in the canon, our New Testament, was whether they came from, directly from an apostle or if they bore apostolic blessing. So the, the, the books that we have in the New Testament is the authentic teaching of the apostles concerning Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.16 following says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So those early believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is captured in Scripture, and we need to be devoted to scriptural reading as well. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about Sunday mornings when we gather together here in the sanctuary. But I'm talking about in the Sunday school classes. I'm talking in the meet with me classes. I'm talking about the growth groups when they get together. And, and some of the studies are courtesy of Right Now Media. And, and I'm also talking about individual devotions as well. That each and every one of us needs to allocate in our schedule every day a time when we read the Scripture for ourselves, And that we don't allow any distraction to take us away from the devotion to that time. Now, another thing that they were devoted to is fellowship. We might say they got together for coffee or lunch often. Uh, they, they sought each other out, and they made time for each other. Now, we studied fellowship when we met last uh, and studied about the need to be connected and not just attached to the body of Christ, which is the church. Being connected to the body of Christ is fellowship with the body of Christ. The Greek word here is koinonia. And it has to do with having something in common. What we have in common is we've all been saved by grace through faith. We have a relationship with God through Christ. That's what we have in common. And uh, the form of language that was spoken at the time of the apostles was not classical Greek, but a form of Greek called Koine Greek. It was the common Greek of the day. It was the common language of the day. It was the universal language of the day. Now, a fellowship with God and fellowship with fellow believers, they, they go together. Uh, that's why John said, we want you to have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father. Some have noted that the stronger our relationship is, our fellowship is vertically with God, the stronger our fellowship is horizontally with fellow believers. And if it's weak with God, it's going to be weak with believers. Um, it's also conversely true as well that our relationship with fellow believers affects our relationship with God. We need to be gathering together as believers to encourage our relationship with God. And if you find yourself thinking or saying things like, I don't like to be with other Christians because they're all hypocrites, uh, you're likely to be drifting off and you need to be wary of that. You see, we're functioning, uh, when we function as the body of Christ, when we're connected and not just attached, we are in fellowship. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 is a command, and it says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And this is a command that we come together regularly as believers to encourage and to be encouraged. Those early believers devoted themselves to fellowship, to being uh, connected with and not just attached to the body of Christ, the church. Now, there, the word koinonia has a variant called koinonikos, 
which means generous. And you find that word in verses 44 through 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone as he had need. The word common there is that word, uh, koinonikos, which means generous. Uh, They ministered to each other generously. Generosity is one of the characteristics of Christians of that era and all through the centuries, even Christians of our era. And one of the reasons that Christians are generous is because we recognize that we are merely stewards of whatever God has given to us in this world. And the better we steward the things that God has given us in this world, the better the rewards are in the world to come. He's going to reward us for being good stewards. You know, if you have a knee-jerk reaction to that statement, it can sound a bit negative. But the more you think about it, process it, the more you realize that it's so appropriate, so biblical, as Pastor Layton says, to think about how we live our life having an impact on how we will spend eternity. You're listening to the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and we'll pick up here on the next edition of the broadcast as we wrap up the week in this short special series here on Verse by Verse. Details about the church are on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day and join us tomorrow when we'll once more open the Word of God to the book of Acts and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.